Monster 187. Two sisters that love listening to true crime podcasts and decided to give this shit a try. Since we are Texas through and through, we will be researching murders across our Lone Star State. 187 is slang for the penal code for homicide. Since police codes are unique by city and county, we decided to simply use something that most people would get. We know this code isn't specific to Texas, but hey, we like it and it's our podcast, so we do what we want. definitely contains elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Unit setting up for that the server tax of Peter and vehicle. Go ahead and reduce but continue, reduce but continue at once. Case file 52, Glenda Gale Furch. Hello. Howdy. We're back. We're back. How are you doing? Oh, you know, yeah. living living the summer life. It's about to come to a close. Yeah. Kids go back to school. I've had a great summer. It I has been a great so summer. Many lakes. I've had a great summer. Who are you though? You know who I am? Let me tell you who I am. <laughs> My name is Carrie. And I'm Brittany. And together we are Lone, Lone Star 187. Welcome back, bitches. <laughs> We have had a good summer. Yeah, it's been busy, but busy. We've had good. some good trips. Mm-hmm. Almost every weekend's been busy with something, which is always good. And I don't think we've told, we haven't told the Lone Star family about the news about you. Oh, you're right. We haven't. So, okay, Lone Star family. If we're not friends on Facebook, you probably don't know, but I'm here to tell all of you that I'm going to be a grandma. She's going to be a Gma. Oldest daughter is pregnant and her due date is January 17th. So we're going to have a little tiny, little tiny human baby that I love. And I'm going to kiss, kiss on the little piggies and it's just going to be so awesome. I'm going to love it. And I'm going to take the baby with me everywhere. My poor daughter's going to be like, can you, can you just bring my baby home? It's my, it's my baby. Yeah. (laughs) And what makes it even more special is she created our logo. She did create our logo. Yep. So she did. Um, so congratulations, Savannah and Gus. Yes. So we'll have to give give the baby, which we have a gender reveal coming up. So we'll mm-hmm. find out if it's going to be a he or she. I'm really thinking and hoping it's a boy. That's what Savannah said, too. Because um, I feel like she's a boy mom. And I think that Gus needs a son. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you need a grandson. I do need a grandson. Um, but, but of course, we would be happy if it's a girl. As long, long as, as it's healthy. healthy mm-hmm. I don't really as long as it's healthy way. and Savannah's healthy, we're happy. Yep. So that's, so that's our exciting. exciting news. So when you start seeing pictures of babies in onesies that have Lone Star on them. <laughs> You'll know why. You'll know why. Where are we this week? We're going, we're getting down to business. Are you ready? Getting down to business. Is it summer again in Texas? It is at the end of summer. We're going to um, Friday, September 28th of 2007. Okay. And we're going to Cowtown. Fort Worth. We're going to Fort Worth. So Fort Worth, if you didn't know, is the fifth largest city in Texas. And the 12th largest city in the United States. Wow. In 2020, the census was 927,700. Damn. And it doubled from 2000. So from 2000 and 2020, it went from half It went from half a million to almost a million. Damn. 20 years. So all those people from California moving here to be 
the cowboys. Yeah, they. I think it's the stockyards. I know it's known for Longhorn cattle trade you know, from the stockyards. So I guess it just brought people here. And because we're so awesome to be in Texas, people are like, I don't want to leave. And it's not as expensive to live here. So they're like, oh, wow, I can get five houses for the tiny little cracker box that I lived in in California. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. You know, the Metroplex, there's no matter which area you go, like you go to Deep Ellum and you get like the clubs and tattoo parlors and 24 hour nightlife, like a mini Vegas. And then you go to Fort Worth and you get like the downtown, like country life where with the country bars and saloons. Yeah. You know, and then you go up to like Highland Park and then you see like the, you know, it's like, it has everything in like this mm-hmm. little Metroplex. We're going to, um, first we're going to, we're going to back up just a little bit for the weekend. So Friday, September 28th, and then Saturday the 29th, Sunday the 30th, and Monday's the 1st mm-hmm. of October. There's a woman by the name of Glenda Gale Furch, and she's 51 years old, and she is an avid churchgoer. She goes to Golden Gate Church, and she never misses church. Okay. Even her pastor has said when she wasn't able to make it, she would call him at his home, apologize, and double her tithing. Oh, wow. So it was not like her to not miss, and okay. she has missed church. So the pastor gets worried, calls her. She doesn't answer, so he calls one of her daughters, Letitia, and she's like, mm, that's odd. Maybe she wasn't feeling well, so I'll, I'll go check on her. So she goes to her mom's apartment, which this woman lived in the same apartment for 17 years at this point. She's been living in this apartment for 17 Damn. years in Fort Worth. So that's a long time to live in the same complex. That's a long time to pay rent. But okay, it's just her. But it's her life. That's just what her. she wanted to do. Good for her. So she gets there, and she notices her mom's car is gone. Um, she didn't answer the door. The door is locked. So she had a key. So she went in and she noticed it was so hot. And, you know, when you have, we don't have the AC going or when the AC's turned up, especially at the end of September here, early October, it's still hot. Sometimes. It's still sometimes 80, 90 degrees. And at night, it still doesn't barely get to the 70s. So she noticed it was hot and she thought maybe she's trying to save her electricity bill. I don't want to, like, I feel like I'm intruding. So maybe she took a weekend trip or running errands. So I'll just leave. Monday morning, she doesn't arrive to work. Glenda had been working for GM Motors for 25 years. And so it was not like her to not show up to work. And she worked the night shift. So she usually, I think, would go in in the evening. I'm not sure exactly what time, but she got off between 12 and 2 in the morning every night. So when she didn't show up for work. So she didn't work like the overnight shift. She just worked the late shift. Late. Yeah. Late shift into the night. Sometimes she would get off at midnight, sometimes two in the morning. But in the evening into the next day, usually she would work. So because she didn't show up that evening, they reached out and her daughter's like, yeah, something's definitely not right. So she went back to the apartment and when she got there, it's very cool in this apartment. So obviously my mom's been here, but where is she? Do you find it odd that she couldn't find her the first time and the heat, it was hot and she didn't really think that was odd. She kind of blew she it She thought off. maybe if she went on a weekend trip, she turned the air up while she was gone. Right. But like, what year is this? 2007. Well, did she try to call her? And She tried calling. She didn't have a cell phone. So she did I not. Just, I guess I just find it odd. Like, I, I mean, I, if, mm-hmm. if I think about if it were mom, like if, if mom lived by herself and she didn't show up for church or work and we went to go look, we could go check on her. At this point, she had missed work yet. She had missed work yet. So if she didn't show up for church and we go to her house and it's hot and we can't find her, I would be worried. I don't think I would be able to go home and not worry. I would still be wanting to look for her. She may have been worried, but she was like, well, she'll go to work. Well, then when she got the call, she didn't go to work. She's like, something is not right. So she went back to her apartment. I think what I'm saying is I would have felt right away that something Something was wrong. I wouldn't need those extra days. 
So how much well, time passed? It was it was just like hours. Oh, it wasn't days. Yeah, because it was Sunday morning. Okay. That she didn't that she missed church. So that evening the daughter went by the house. Oh, okay. I was and thinking she saw, it was a couple of days. No. I don't know why I thought And that. so she's like, Well, she goes to work tonight. I'll okay. just talk to her tomorrow. Well, okay. when she got up the next day, the work so called it was, it was like day, it was but... it was the next day, but in terms of her checking the apartment, it had been less than twenty four hours. Okay. okay. So she goes back to the apartment and it's, cool. and it's cool and it reeks of bleach. And then she goes into her mother's room, she sees a large stain on the floor next to the bed. A bleach stain and her comforter and top sheet are missing. So did she go in the room the first time she She went didn't in? go all the way back into the room. Mm. Because she kind of felt like she was intruding like... But it's her mom. I guess she just felt like... Well, Maybe they don't have the same relationship. True. We like, we would be mom. like, uh, what's what, going are on? You Where okay? are you? Where's your location? Do you need... Is there a sock on the door? Do we need to like, give you some privacy? Like, yeah. I, I think it's... Maybe this is a different relationship. Yeah. So she was like, oh, this is bad. So she called the police, reported her mom missing, and asked the police to come. So they go and they look at the carpet. They put luminol. Nothing comes up. Like it's just it's just bleach. And they so look through the whole stain, house. it's a stain, but it's not a red stain. It's a white stain. They can tell it's bleach. Okay. But they're not getting any blood around it or anywhere else. And then they start looking through the apartment, and they said it was chillingly clean. And the daughter said, "When I was here earlier, it was warm, so I didn't stay in here very long. And my mom kept it clean, but it wasn't. I don't remember it being this clean." And they're like, there was, we couldn't find any, we could not lift any fingerprints, not even Glenda's. Wow. So From somebody, the doorknobs or the switches. came in there and cleaned. The remotes, door, like the knobs on the stove, the fridge, like anywhere you'd put your hand, there were no door, there were no fingerprints. So they call, investigators call her place of work because she worked the evening shift and said, when was the last time that she came to work? And they said she was here Thursday night into Friday morning and she left sometime Around midnight, she left work. They checked her credit card statements, and she did purchase gas at 12.24 a.m. Friday morning. So they know that she got gas, but no one had seen or heard from her since. Hopefully it wasn't a quick trip. Wouldn't that be awful? But her daughters did say that she kept her personal life very private. So That's why she felt Maybe that's why, yeah. Like, if she was dating anyone, she didn't tell anyone. If she... If she was going out and doing stuff, she just didn't share that information with her kids. So it was kind of hard for them to figure out who was in her life because she didn't tell anyone. Her life revolved around her two daughters, her grandchildren, her church, and her job. That's all she really did. And she was kind of a creature, a habit. So she was either working at church with her daughters or sometimes occasionally she would go out of town. Police started investigating the complex, any kind of reports of like home invasions, robberies, things like that. So they find out that a couple weeks prior, Glenda had called 911 and she told them, I feel really unsafe. A man approached my door and kept knocking on the door. And when I asked who it was, he just kept talking about how I needed to open the door, that he wanted to show me something and just to give him a chance, give him a chance and open the door. And he just kept begging and he wouldn't go away. Like the guy in the Las Vegas video? Kind of. Yeah. Mm-mm. Kind of like that. And she's mm-hmm. like, I didn't, I didn't open my door. And he, he took him a long time to go away. So they checked the area and there had been a number of home invasions, but none of them cleaned up after themselves. None of none of the people went missing. They would break in, take stuff and leave. They weren't there more than five or five to seven minutes. And that's why the home invasions were happening was because they were gone before the police ever arrived. So this didn't really fit that. That's how they got away with it. Yeah. So the guy who answered or knocked on the door could have been a home invader, but didn't link to this MO that's going on in her house. So they go around and question some of the neighbors. One of the neighbors said, you know, I saw a black male going back and forth from her apartment Monday morning. 
early hours Monday morning because we were moving in to our apart uh, our apartment across like across the parking lot, and we kind of saw a man going back and forth putting stuff in the trunk of his car. Well, when they did when they described the vehicle, it was Glinda's car. Oh shit! And she drove a gold Mazda. So they're like, hmm, why would there be a person putting stuff in her trunk of her car? Mm-hmm. So they asked another neighbor, and he corroborated. He's like, I also saw a black male driving a gold Mazda around the complex late Sunday evening, going back and forth to the dumpster, and the dumpster to the house, the apartment back and forth. But it looked like her Mazda, but it was late, but I can tell it was a male. And then a, a woman said she was taking her trash out because the dumpster came Tuesday mornings. And so... She was taking her trash out Monday morning. She was walking near, like they kind of met each other at the dumpster and he threw his stuff in, but he never looked at her. But she could tell he was a black male and he went back to her apartment. And it was someone that she felt like she had seen before, but she couldn't remember. She didn't really pay much much attention. She just assumed he lived in the complex, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It went about her day. So the investigators felt like this person driving around, walking to the dumpster, must have either lived in the apartments at one time or still may live there to know where the dumpster was and just to walk freely without any fear. The investigators decided to go through the dumpster and they were so lucky they went through Monday afternoon because Tuesday morning it would have been taken to the dump and we would have had a dump situation. Right. Like (laughs) we did previously. They go through the the dumpster and they find five bags that are consistent with items that would have come from Glenda's apartment. And what confirmed one of the bags was the gas receipt in the trash from when she purchased gas Friday morning. So, so we it was know her receipt. Yes, we know that she did get gas and made it home after that. So she did come home some in the wee hours of Friday morning. She did make it home. They found um, empty drink cans, empty cleaning bottles such as Pine Soul, Fabuloso, and Bleach. Um, a blouse of Glinda's they found had been slit, cut and slid up all the way the back, all the way up the back of the shirt. A roll of duct tape and used duct tape pieces with electrical cords tied in knots. So they felt oh, that some of these shit. electrical uh, pieces and knots were used to restrain her and then maybe cut off of her. The only fingerprints that were found were on the door and the TV and those were Glinda's. But they weren't full fingerprints. They were like palm prints. So whoever cleaned missed those two spots. And those are the only two things they found in the whole entire apartment. But maybe they find fingerprints on the duct tape and the electrical cords or something. They felt the apartment was just so clean. There were no smudges or water droplets on any of the mirrors. It was vacuumed very thoroughly. Whoever did it took the vacuum with them. So this person either owns a cleaning business or has done this so many times that they got their shit nailed down. Or watched a lot of CSI. Or they have their own cleaning crew that comes up after Something. But they took the vacuum with them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is insane. So so it was her vacuum that they yeah. took? Or they brought their own? And no, it was her vacuum. They Damn. vacuumed and then took it with Profe- them. Is this some like, mafia shit? <laughs> <laughs> she was last seen the 28th of September. She was reported missing Monday the 1st. So on Wednesday, October the 3rd, a call goes out to 911 that there's a car on fire at a car wash. It's not a gold Mazda, is it? It is, in fact, a burnt Mazda. It's not gold anymore. It's the color of burnt. <laughs> it's a little bit ashy. <laughs> they could tell it was a deliberate fire, and they were hoping to find possibly a body inside to explain what's going on. There was no body. Um, license plates had been removed, but the VIN number was still there, and it was Glenda's car. So well, now at we least have. She wasn't in it. I mean, no, we haven't found her yet. But no. I mean, less than 24 hours later. 
one mile from the car wash, a female named Jessie Crawford drove to her local church to donate some items. And as she was sitting in her car in front of the church, a man approached her, pointed a gun in her face, demanded her keys. And she described him as a black male wearing a light colored hoodie. He then forced her out of the car, took her car, and she drove a silver Ford Focus. An hour later, a man calls 911 did stating... he leave her behind? Or yeah, did he, okay. he just left her behind. He just took her car. He took her car. Okay. Pointed the gun and took her car. An hour later, a man calls 911 stating he was outside his house when a man as, that he knew named Rodney Owens, which was his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, drove up to his home while he was standing outside, threatened to kill him if he didn't leave his girlfriend. Her name is Nikisha. Then Rodney Owens, who is this man driving this car coming up to this guy's house, pulls out a gun fires two shots toward Reggie, and then drives away in a silver Ford Focus. So now this man has Grand Theft Autoed this car, has a gun, confronts this man, tries to shoot him or warning shots possibly, and then drives away. Okay, he sounds like he might be a little mental. A little mental. Then the next day, a volunteer citizen hoping to look for Glenda finds a body wrapped up in a blue comforter tied with electrical cords along the railroad tracks in Arlington city limits. And this was a mile away from the car wash. Damn. An odontologist reviewed the dental records to confirm it was not Glenda. Oh, okay. But it's still very similar where they use electrical cords. Wrap it in the comforter. Mm -hmm. Was it Glenda's comforter? No. Okay. On October 28th of 2007. So this is almost, this is a month since she's been missing. An officer was on patrol teaching a new officer and a new rookie officer kind of what to do whenever things aren't, you know, going crazy to run license plates as you drive around. So as he's driving around, he sees a car. He runs the plates. It comes back stolen. It was a silver Ford Focus. And as they're at a convenience store, the man comes out of the convenience store and gets into the car. He puts something in the trunk, gets in the car. The police start following him and then decide to light him up, pull him over and it leads to a high-speed chase. I was going to say, I'm sure he didn't pull over. No. So Busted. he ends up wrecking on I-35, jumps out of the car, and Takes I'm not running. sure exactly where on 35 it was. It didn't say. It just said going north on 35, but in the video where it showed the chase. Um, so I got I got this from two documentaries. One was the for, one's of Forensic Files. One was Military Justice for All, and then the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. In the documentary where it showed the high-speed chase, he the car flips over, he jumps out, and he contemplates jumping over I-35, which it was like going up. So it was like a bridge. So I don't know how high up he was. He may have anticipated a jump and then realized how high it was, and they apprehended him. But he almost jumped off 35. Oh, my God. He was like, oh, no, that's too far <laughs> to fall. I'm not no, ready thanks. to end it. I'll just go to jail. So they take him into custody, and he turns out to be 40-year-old Rodney Owens. Okay. So it was the guy. Same guy. They run his background, and he was honorably discharged from the military for assaulting an officer. Uh, He had a long rap sheet of aggravated assault, one of the most recent ones being to his girlfriend, Nikisha Baldwin, who has a new boyfriend that he threatened. Um, He also threatened to kill her. was one of the charges. Uh, She had recently broke up with him, and he confronted her in mid-September while trying to run her off the road. Mm. A week after she, he broke up with her, she saw him driving another car. Rodney saw Nikisha with her new boyfriend, Reggie, and Rodney followed them for 20 minutes before losing patience and knocking Reggie o- across three lanes of traffic into a grocery store parking lot. Physically or the car pushed, that they were driving? Pushed, pushed the car off into oh, okay. a, into a okay. parking lot. 
Then she saw him again the week of October 2nd, a week after Glenda went missing. Uh, Nikisha and her coworker Kristen. Why didn't she call the freaking cops and get a restraining order against him? I don't know. It's a good question. Nikisha and her coworker Kristen went to Walmart where they work to get their pay- paychecks, and she saw him sitting in the parking lot in a gold Mazda. That's just so creepy. She said that she called police. By the time they arrived, he was gone, and so there was nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. The reason why she had initially broke up with him is he told her, "You're such a waste of time." You're so oblivious. I could walk up behind you with the plastic bag, put it over your head, and watch you die, and you wouldn't even know what was coming. That's And that was what she decided. I'm done. Good for her. He also used to live in the apartment complex where Glenda lived there with his go. mother mm-hmm. in an apartment across the parking lot from Glenda's apartment. So when they searched the vehicle that Rodney had stolen, the, the silver Ford, Ford Focus. Focus, they find computer equipment, a microwave, and a backpack. In the backpack was a couple pairs of clean clothes, camo military jacket with the name Owens on the back, a toothbrush, some canned food, a birth certificate, a social security card, and duct tape. And the duct tape brand was Tape It, which was a uncommon brand at major stores. It was mainly something that I guess you can get like at the dollar store or Dollar General. Yeah. Not something you would, not a big brand name. So only a few stores sold it. And so clearly they could tell he was on the move somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like he had everything he needed. He also, they also found a gun and a hunting knife. They realized that the tape that was found in his backpack matched the same tape they found in the trash in Glenda's dumpster that came from her house. They also found electrical cords tied in knots, pre-made, not cut, just... Oh, so he already had them queued up. Yep. So the detective was like, basically, we found his rape kit. Yep. Because that's it's, basically it's what this much, is. It's a go back. And the type of knots were very weird. It's almost like in like the a military knot. Like, no, like this was like he just tied a bunch of knots together, almost like in those bracelets you would make where you just tie knots over and over. It almost looked like that. And because the electrical cord is a weird like knot, it's not circular. Flat. Yeah, it doesn't tie it's right. Got the ridge in the middle. Yeah. So it just kind of looked weird, but they so were the same. So is it just like a roll of electrical cord or is it like electrical it's like, cords that he cut from a lamp or something? Like he would take from a lamp or like a phone line. So it was just random pieces. Yeah, mm-hmm. random pieces. So they go to test the drink cans that they found in her trash and they put the duct tape in one of those, I can't what they Did called they put them. the super glue on them? They like put them in somewhere and it like either makes it really cold or really hot and makes the oils come out from the fingerprints and then they spray it, and then you can see the fingerprints. So they did that. They looked at the cans, and they looked at the at the duct tape, and they were able to lift one print on the cardboard of the tape from Glenda's trash, and the duct tape that was in his backpack, and they matched, and they were Rodney's. They also found semen on a bath towel that was taken from the trash that belonged to Glenda's apartment, and it matched Rodney's. So he was arrested and charged with the murder. While awaiting trial, he got big and bad in jail and started talking to another inmate and that said... That happens all the time. Like, right? they've got to brag on their shit. Yeah, they Is have to tell way, somebody. Well, either that or it's a way to be like, look, don't fuck with me. I, you don't know mm-hmm. what I did. That's very true. It I could mean, be. And, and maybe that's why they do it because they're just trying to show that they are they deserve to be in there. Like, hey, you know... Don't fuck with me because I could fuck up you, fuck yeah. you up. This is what I did. Right. And I think that's why they do it. I mean, some of it is probably they're they're trying to brag, but I think some of it is survival. And like, I'm this sure is what I did. Yeah. And they have to tell somebody. I mean, they just did this. I mean, imagine like when you do something, you're like, oh my god, I just did this. Like you want to tell somebody. Tell somebody. Yeah. yeah. He told his he told one of his inmates that he knew that she worked late, that Glenda worked late and lived alone. 
And because she drove a nice car, she must be rich. In that she lived um, across the parking lot from him and his mom. And that his mom had basically told him, you can't stay here any longer. His girlfriend had kicked him out because they had broke up. So he knew that he wasn't going to have a place to live. So So, he was stalking her. Well, he lived across the street. So he's like, oh, this is perfect opportunity because she's right there. I know the area. I live here. So if anybody asks me, I can say I live here because I live with my mom. Followed her inside when she came out. When she got out of her car on her way to in the apartment, he came at her with a knife and pushed her in her apartment, tied her up with duct tape and cords, then sexually assaulted her, then killed her. He stole all her cash and her valuables then wrapped her in bed sheets, put her in the car, but he wouldn't say where he took her. Then he went back Sunday night. So and what spent... they saw when they saw him put shit in the trunk, it was her body. Mm-hmm. How can you not know? Maybe they just weren't paying attention because these two guys were moving in. So they were also moving furniture in and out. So they may have just got glimpses of what he was doing. Um, he went back Sunday well, night. pretty brazen just to yeah. carry a body, even if it's in bed sheets, mm-hmm. tied up, carried out from the apartment to the, to the, was it in broad daylight? No, it was nighttime. Okay, but still. It was like early, early morning, yeah, like yeah. four or five in the morning. Oh, that's right. So he said he went back Sunday night, and he spent all night long cleaning until Monday morning. So like when the daughter went, was that in between? That was. about to get to that? Well, whenever he, so when the daughter got there the first time, he had committed the murder, but he hadn't come back to clean. So if she had gone in the room, she would have seen the blood because he mm-hmm. hadn't cleaned up. And there was like drink cans out because he had been, I mean, there were like, there was like a Dad Dr. Pepper can. I think there was like a Red Bull can just sitting out. So he had gone back Sunday and spent all night cleaning. And after the murder, he needed a car. So he used Glenda's car. And then use it to stalk his ex-girlfriend. And mm-hmm. and then whenever he realized that her car was, she was reported missing because he saw the police out there, then that's why he set fire to it. And so, then proceeded to steal another car. Yep. So clearly he was on a rampage. Like he needed, he knew he was out of options. He had nowhere else to he go. get desperate. Desperate. And, mm-hmm. and, and he wasn't on drugs, but he needed a place to go and he was desperate. So he's going to do whatever he had to to survive. So he was robbing. I mean, that's a lot to do in a short amount of time. So maybe he was the one that was doing the... the... He was. He yeah. did all the home invasions. Okay. So mm-hmm. he was. Yeah. Because the computer they found in the microwave. Like, who takes a microwave? Takes a well, he might need it in one of the houses <laughs> he breaks into. They may not have one. They all went back to the home What invasions. about the trash can? I mean, the vacuum cleaner was... Was it in his car too, or did he put that in the dumpster? I don't know. It's a good question. They didn't say they didn't talk about the vacuum. So he went to trial. It took um, two years for trial, and he was convicted and sent for a life sentence without parole. But the saddest part about this story is her body was never found. They never found it. And who was the woman that they found on the? I don't know. So he was put to he was sentenced to life without parole. After they gave him the the life sentence without parole, then they then they added the aggravated assault charges that were pending with him before he got arrested. So he has 60 because the, they do the lesser charge first. Yep. And then, so it's, he has 60 years for the assault charge and then a life sentence. So he'll, he'll but never get out. Her poor family never got. No. Closure. And they, it's so sad. Still, and they still haven't found her when, no. when was he sentenced? 2012. Yeah. At this point. So what did he do? Like that makes you wonder. No. And I, I, I just wonder like, it's so many characteristics. Like, are they sure that wasn't her? Like, are they absolutely, I mean, it's just so, it's so perfect. Like, mm-hmm. how is it not her? And if it's not her, who was it? Yeah. And did he do it? Yeah. You know? Um. So is that just potentially a random thing that's not related at all? I guess so. Cause I couldn't find anything about that crime. 
um, forensic files talk the most about it. And the, the, the DA just said that when they found her, they're like, oh, my God, how could there be multiple black females wrapped up in comforters with electrical cords? Like, how does that happen? How can there be more than one? Um, so I just hope the odontologist got it right. Yeah. Because it's so sad for the family because she's still considered a missing person. Mm-hmm. And they were so scared when they, whenever they tried him that he would get off because there was they no body. body. But the but overwhelming the, evidence. Yeah, yeah. He had all the physical evidence. In his jailhouse confession to his, right. to the inmate that fit it perfectly. He had so much leading up to that. And then like, why were you in our car? If you didn't kill her, why were you in her car? You know, like there's just, you can't deny all those facts, whether you have a body or not. But then it's just sad because they told him they'd give him 60 years instead of life if he told them where he put him and he wouldn't. Because life sentence is considered 99 years. So if they're going to take 39 years off, why wouldn't you tell him where you put her? At the very least, give her family closure. Yeah, but he doesn't care. He doesn't, they don't think that logically. Because her daughters and grandkids and... They don't know, like, where do you, what do you do? Do you, do you just buy like a, do you buy a plot and just put a marker there and let that be the place where you go visit? I guess so. I'd have to do something. Yeah. Or, you know, those, um, you know, like at a turn time where they have that one little area where you can buy a plaque. The mausoleum thing. Yeah. Yeah, Like maybe you could just buy a plaque. Yeah. Cause you know, she's gone obviously. Mm -hmm. Oh, cause the gun they found was hers. So whenever they they found a gun. They found a gun in his bag. Oh, yeah, that's right. So the reason when she was reported missing and they were trying to look up her fingerprints when they whenever they were trying to match her fingerprints to whatever was in the house, her fingerprints were in the database because she had recently bought a gun. Oh, okay. Because she didn't feel safe. But when they searched the apartment, they couldn't find the gun. Well, when they pulled him over, they found the gun. So maybe he shot her. That makes sense. He shot her with her own gun. Or did he stab her? And that's why there was so much blood. And then he took the gun afterwards. Was there, but they said they found her shirt and was cut in the back. Did the shirt have blood on it? Mm-mm, there was no blood. It was just cut up the back. But they feel like he did that and then assaulted her. This is shit. It's Disgusting. Rot, rot in jail. Hope you're somebody's bitch. Rest in peace. Glenda Gale Furch. Glenda Gale Furch. Yep. And she's so pretty. Um, so that's the, the unfortunate story of Glenda Gale Furch. I hope you um, rest in peace. And I hope that her kids and grandkids have some peace mm-hmm. knowing that she's in a better place, even though her body's not here. Maybe they can somebody find. will find her body soon. Yeah. Some yep. farmer somewhere. I feel like he couldn't have put it too far because he didn't go yeah. that far. He stayed where he felt safe. True. So that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Love you guys. Thanks for the support and sharing and all the likes. All right. Till next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.